0: Good morning, Jericho Road Church. Um, It is good to be here this morning. Uh, If you're new here, you may not have seen me around. Uh, My name is Jimmy. I am one of the pastors here at Jericho Road Church. Um, And I sometimes get the honor and the privilege of getting to share God's word here in the adult service. Uh, Normally, I am upstairs with the youth group, um, and I'm just... I really love what I do, like, um, so if if this was the first time you were meeting me, I would tell you, I think it's unbelievable that I get a paycheck for uh, being a youth pastor and being with these kids, I've really gotten to be really close to them, I feel like we've been really growing together, uh, and I just love them a lot. Um, This, today, this Sunday, uh, we're going to kick off a new four-week series, uh, something called Small Goals. Um, and that was the little video uh, that Pastor Sam created with Men in Black. And when I saw that, I was, I was laughing. Um, and I had to look it up uh, when that movie was released. It was released in 1997. I was 11 years old when, when that movie came out. And I was just thinking about it. I was like, wait a minute. That means when that movie came out, my youth group, they weren't even born. Like, they might not have even been a, a thought. I was like, wow, and now I sound like an old person. This is how it, this is how it starts. Um, but s- small goals, you know, the, the big idea here for, for the series is we can really have an impact in life. You can have an impact in your life. You can have an impact in the lives of other people, an impact in God's kingdom, and it doesn't take a whole heck of a lot. Like, even with the tiniest things, like, you could have a major impact. And I think there's something about... Just humanity in general, where we all just want to have an impact. It kind of sounds morbid to say, but you know when we think about how fast time goes by or how short life is, like we get what 70 to 100 years uh, to live, and, and we want to make an impact. like we want our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren to remember us, and we want to leave behind a legacy and a memory. And I think that that is good and great and godly that we want to make an impact. And I think it's awesome that, you know, just focusing on small goals can really make all the difference. It really can. Um, small goals would be, you know, like winning at a sin struggle, you know, loving your neighbor, connecting with God. You know, these are the, th- these are the things that Pastor Sam's going to unpack for us in the next three weeks, and I'm really excited to, to learn about those three things. But this morning, I was thinking about character. Like when you think about having an impact in, in your life, when you think about having an impact in someone else's life or in, or in God's kingdom, does character come to mind? And character, it's an interesting thing. I think it's one of those things where we know it's important, but I don't know how often we think about how important it is. You know, you know, I think about if, if you've ever been in a position where you needed to hire somebody, okay, one of the things that you look at is character. Now, character is not everything that you look at, right? You look at culture, compatibility, and competency. But character, like, you can't look any less than that. That is absolutely 100% necessary. Or if you haven't been in a position of hiring somebody... Who here has been in a position where you were dating somebody, or you had to pick someone, like, I'm going to date this person? You're at least considering their character, I hope. You know, when I'm, you know, giving relationship advice to, to friends or to whatever, you know, like, I'll tell them, like, I go, is chemistry important? Yes, totally. Is compatibility important? Absolutely. But if you're not even looking at the person's character, Like, you could make a huge mistake marrying a person that you did not know the kind of person that they were. So character is huge. What I'm saying this morning is, I want us to work on our character because I think it's overlooked and yet it is hugely important. I like this one quote from uh, basketball coach John Wooden. I have a quote up on the screen here. I love how he says it. He says, be more concerned... With your character than your reputation, because your character is what you really are. Now, Jesus actually says something very similar. I don't know if John would kind of like took this from Jesus, probably, but um, this is how Jesus um, said it when he was talking to the religious people, the people who had the reputation of being the best of the best. And he said, Woe to you. Okay, that's in other words, it's saying boo. Boo to you. Teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. So this is one of those things where, I, you know, Jesus says a lot of, of stuff in the Bible that sometimes is vague, it's unclear. I think this is one of the easiest things to kind of pick up from what Jesus is saying. He's talking to Pharisees, and just, you know, if you don't know what a Pharisee is, they're like the geeky, nerdy, like, pencil pushers. Like, they follow the rules and the law to the T. They're the ones that make sure that they're on every street corner so everyone can see how much they pray, how holy they are, how many sacrifices they make. I mean, if you want to just... Imagine who has the best reputation in that culture. It is the Pharisees. And Jesus comes along and he says, oh, I know you think that you have it all together and you have everybody else fooled that they think you have it together, but apparently they don't have everybody fooled and they especially don't have Jesus fooled. He says on the inside, okay, you are full of all these different evils. They have the reputation, but they do not have the character. And all Jesus is saying here, it's really simple. He's saying, work on your character, and your reputation will handle itself. If you work on your character, if you clean the inside of the dish, the outside will also be clean too. But you think about, what's the direction of the culture that we live in today? Especially in light of social media. Right? Like, we have Instagram, we have Facebook, we have Snapchat, we have Twitter and all these are opportunities to create this like, virtual version of yourself, this maybe slightly inaccurate version of yourself, but it's how you want to be perceived by others. See, I think the direction of our culture, especially in light of social media, is I think we care more about our reputation than we do about our character. Because I don't think anyone goes on Instagram, you know, and wants to put a post of them shouting at their spouse. Who does that? You know, like, what youth group person, like, takes a picture of the F that they got on their semester midterm and posts it? Like, I'm sure there's some kids that maybe do that, but most, I don't think, do. Okay? We are more concerned about our reputation than we are about our character. And I think to some degree, what we do, all of us, I think are guilty, is I feel like If we know our reputation is good, then it allows us to cut corners in our private life. Because you have character and reputation, and what we do is kind of separate life into two worlds, right? You have your public life, and then you have your private life. And as long as your public life looks like it's in order, then no one is going to suspect you, right? Sometimes it's, uh, when I was growing up, they said like... um, The pastor's kids were the worst ones, right? (laughs) Because they're the ones that you would least suspect. (laughs) Andrew, we're watching you. (laughs) Okay, they're the ones that you least suspect, you know? And aside from pastor's kids, sometimes even like the reason why pastors morally fail is, again, like I think we feel like we have this reputation. No one's going to suspect us, and it kind of, in a sense, we feel like we have more wiggle room and freedom to sin in our private lives. But, I mean, obviously we're not fooling God, and I think in a lot of ways, eventually, we're not fooling other people. Okay. Yes, we care about our reputation, but Jesus is clear here in the Scriptures. He says, work on your character, and reputation will take care of itself. I like this... um, this, not study, but thing that uh, the, the philosophers, philosopher Plato, he came up with this concept. He said in this uh, thought experiment, that's what it was called, he, he was looking at virtue and excellence. And he said in this thought experiment, he goes, I'm going to give you a ring that when you put this ring on, you become invisible. And he goes, when you put this ring on, you're free to do anything you want to do and it guarantees that you will never be caught. And it's like, what would you and I do with a ring like that? If you had the power to do whatever you wanted and no one was going to see you, no one was going to catch you, you would guarantee you would get away with it. What would you be tempted to do? And I see, I think a really good definition of character, I think character is who you really are when no one is looking. Character is who you really are when no one is looking. And again, I think that's why Jesus pushes us, and he challenges us. He says, "Clean the inside of the dish, the parts that no one else is probably going to see, but God's going to see, and that's going to bleed into your reputation. That's going to clean the outside of the dish. What are you doing in your private life? What do you do on the computer screen or in front of the com- you know television or when you're hanging out with other people? You know, are you trash talking your spouse, you know, kids? Are you trash talking your parents? Like what is going on in the private sphere of your life that you need to clean? That we need to come to Jesus for to clean. Now, before I kind of walk us through a little bit of how I think we can clean our character, I think it's important to talk about why, why we should clean our character. Now, in another part in the scriptures, again, it's another conversation that Jesus has with the religious leaders of his day. The religious leaders were saying that evil is out there, that actually people are good. You, you have good character. Everyone generally has good character and the evil's out there. And Jesus says, no, that's actually not the truth. He says, "The evil is actually not out there, it is in you." Look what he says here to the religious leaders. And Jesus went on, "What comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts, evil come evil thoughts: sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness envy, slander, arrogance, folly? Does all these evils come from inside and make a man unclean? So the evil's not out there. It's, it's inside us. And a lot of us like to think that we have it all together, but not entirely. Not entirely. We all need to be clean from the inside out. And it's Jesus that we go to to get that kind of cleaning. Now, the reason why I think Jesus stresses the importance of cleaning the inside of the dish, I think it's because of this. Character leaks out. Character, it leaks out whether you know it or not. Like, some of us like to think that it's really easy to just fool other people. Like, you'll say one thing, and you just expect people to just believe you and buy it. But we know from psychology that people are really good at reading what's called nonverbals. Okay? People are better than you think at reading nonverbals. So this is how psychologists, this is how they determine whether people are being honest and truthful. They'll hear the, the person say one thing, and then they look at facial expression, intonation, body placement, hand placement. There are so many things that you don't realize that you do that totally give away what's going on inside. So, I mean, like, wives, have you ever asked your husband, you know, why are you angry? And he goes, I'm not angry. Right? Or men, like, have you ever asked your wife, you know, hey, honey, what's wrong? And she says, nothing. Like, if there's anything that you're going to walk away from this sermon today, is men, understand that when your wife says nothing, it definitely means something, and you need to find out what it is. But we are really good at reading nonverbals. Our character, it leaks out. And like anything that leaks out, okay, it influences other things around you. Your character, it leaks out, and it influences the people around you. So there was a a study that um, I heard on a podcast. It's a great podcast by Biola and the Center of Marriage and Relationships, and in this study, they were looking at how behavior rubs off on other people, and in this particular study, they were looking at teenagers and drug use, and they found that in this study that they could predict the likelihood of a teenager picking up smoking based upon the sheer number of friends that also smoked. And then they extended the study to look at other behaviors. And sure enough, across the board, it always was a correlation. Okay, That just by the sheer number of people in your life that do a certain specific type of behavior increases the likelihood of you having that behavior too. Humans rub off on humans. That is just the way our culture, the science, this is just the way it works. So your character leaks out to other people, how important is it for you to watch your own character? How many of you here have kids, okay, that you wish they didn't talk a certain way? Well, guess what? Do you talk that way? Like, if you want them to be honest and truthful, are you an honest and truthful person? Or if you want them to be treating people with respect and dignity and and honor, like, are you the kind of person that does that too? See your character it leaks out and people are reading you, you, we can't always cover it up. A lot of people like, think oh like Jimmy you're such a patient patient person. I've had a lot of people come up to me say wow Jimmy like you're really you're really a patient guy. And I'm like have you talked to my wife? <laughs> like if she's honest and truthful and she's honest and truthful, she'll tell you. She'll tell you oh Jimmy gets annoyed Jimmy gets annoyed, like, almost too easily. He gets annoyed almost too quickly. And God's still working on my character. it's, It's leaking through. Now, as a pastor, okay, I want to make sure that my character leaks out in a positive way. As much as it can leak out in a negative way, your character can leak out in a positive way. As a pastor, I want my youth group to love Jesus and follow Jesus. That's what I want for them. So what do I need to do? I need to be the kind of person who loves Jesus and follows Jesus. And I need to do it when no one is looking. When no one is looking. So as an example, okay, I don't want my youth group, okay, to be looking at pornographic images on their iPhones and computer. I do not want that for them. So what I do, okay, is on my iPhone, I don't have it up here with me, okay, A lot of people don't know this, but my iPhone is locked. Like the internet browser, it's locked. It's passcode protected. And only one person has that passcode, and that's Matt Hagihara. And the the browser that I do have on there, it's a really great app. It's called Covenant Eyes. Okay, I suggest if you don't have it, I really encourage you to get it. And should I somehow hack my phone and break the the codes or something like that, like that Covenant Eyes app is going to let Matt know that I did something that I wasn't supposed to do. Now, I don't share this with you to increase my reputation. Okay, These are things that I have put, no one knew about this. I do this in my private life because it's for my character, and I want my character to have a positive impact on my youth group. How is your character? What are the things going on in your private life that no one knows about, you've done a really good job, of keeping secret, keeping hidden, You know what do you need to bring before Jesus? What do you need to confess? What, what safeguards do you need to put in your life? What apps, what things do you need to get rid of so that your character is clean and that you, it leaks out? I love this verse uh, in John 13, 35, where Jesus says, uh, a new command I give you. He says, to love one another as I have loved you. And he says, By this, the way you love, he goes, by this, the world will know that you are my disciples. It's not the world's going to assume, the world's going to maybe understand. No, this is the world will know that you are followers of Jesus, disciples of Christ, by the way you love. He's saying that that character, that loving character will leak out. It will leak out because it's meant to. And when it does leak out, It's going to have a positive impact on those around you. The positive impact is that they're going to see Christ in you. So, character leaks, and you can either have a negative or you can have a positive effect. I know all of us, we want to have better marriages, we want to have better friendships, we want to have better relationships. How do you think we go about doing that? I think it starts—it starts with you. I think it starts with your private life. How's your private prayer? How's the, the relationships going in in those, you know, in the closest relationships with you? There's another study that I was thinking about sharing, and I, I do want to share it. UCSD, they did a study where they were looking at divorce. And in this specific study, they were looking at what impact does a friend's divorce have on your marriage. So when they did the study, they saw that there was a 75% increase or likelihood of you having a divorce should your friend have a divorce. Okay. Just a close friend. If they go through a divorce, it ups by 70% the chances of you having a divorce. And they said even in the same study, they said that even if it's a friend of a friend, if they experience a divorce, then it ups your chances by a third. And in the study, when they were asking, why is that? Why such a high percentage? They said in the study that when, when your friend is going through a divorce, they have the tendency to share all their reasons for divorcing their spouse. And when they interviewed the listener, the listener said that they almost always locked on to the sensible reasons for why a divorce makes sense. It was never the negatives of the divorce. Like it was never the negatives of of why divorce. They locked on to all the good reasons, all the pros, all the benefits for what the divorce was going to bring. And then they started thinking, oh, that makes sense in my marriage. My marriage is hard. My marriage is annoying. My marriage is going through some frustrations and hard times. Wow, here's an easy way to get out of it. So they, they, they called this term divorce clustering. Divorce clustering is what it's called. And I'm thinking, if divorce clustering is true, then shouldn't the opposite be true too? Like, what if we started a wave of commitment clustering, right? What would that look like? What if you worked on your character and the character of your marriage, and it ended up having a positive influence on the couples around you? Imagine the kind of church where every married couple here was not just surviving, but thriving. You know, what if someone here at Jerker Road Church, they decided, you know what, I think we need a marriage circle, so if, if you're new to Jericho, circles is, is kind of what we call our small groups here. And you can make a circle out of anything. I mean, we even have a, a yoga circle. It met this morning, and my wife leads it, and it's the first and third Sunday of the month. That is the plug for you. <laughs> but what if we had like a marriage circle, you know? Think about all the different kinds of circles that we can create here at Jericho Road Church to work on our character and to... <laughs> To work on our character and have a positive impact on people. I wish I had more time to go through some some more verses. Because I know know some of us, we want to see a character change, not just in ourselves, but you want to see it in somebody else. I know some of us, maybe there's a husband okay, that you wish he came to church with you. Maybe it's a son or a daughter that you wish they came to church or they came to faith in Jesus. Like you see something in their character and you just want something better for them. There's a passage in in 1 Peter 3 that it it talks about even the quiet, unspoken conduct of a wife, okay, can save her unbelieving husband. It's 1 Peter 3. I don't have time to, to really dive into it deep, but... The fact that, without even speaking, just her conduct, her character alone is enough to win her unbelieving husband over. And I think that it could apply to so many other, not just unbelieving men, I think it, it would apply to anybody. Your character can seriously have a major impact in people's lives. If you want to see patience, and are you being patient? If you want to see forgiveness in your family, do you exhibit forgiveness? We have to clean the inside of the cup, and then the outside will be clean also. So I'm going to close with a how. How can we clean the inside of the dish in a sense like how can we work on our character? And I think we can't change our character. I think that we are crooked and we're twisted inside, and I think that if we could change our character, I think we would have done it by now. I think that Scripture is clear. Like I think we have to crucify ourselves. There's this really great passage, Galatians 2.20, where Paul, the Apostle Paul, he says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I think the key is, I think we need to crucify that character and replace it with Christ's character. I honestly believe that that's the way that it works. (sighs) Who here has grown up in a family that had a ton of rules growing up because your parents believed that if they just gave you a lot of rules and a lot of things to do and don't do that they could actually like kind of shape your character like make you actually become the person that they wanted you to be have you ever grown up with a lot of rules and like how did that work for you you know, in some ways, like, yes, I'm not saying rules are bad. God gives us rules. I think, like, any good parent, you set up a fence, you set up safety. We're not, I'm not saying that rules are bad, but I am saying that God gave us all these rules, and yet, who has been able to keep them? Nobody except Jesus. And it gets to a point where God has to send his own son in the flesh to live the life you and I should be living, to die a death that you and I should be dying, to be able to give you and I new life, to be able to give you and I new character. And it's completely free to anybody. There's a quote that uh, we'll put up on the screen here in a second. Do you know what sets Christianity apart from any other world religion? It's the fact that you get the salvation first and the changed life comes later. That's what, you can look at, I swear, you can look at any other world religion and it will tell you that you need to get all the rules right, you need to have your character set, you have to have your act together, and only then are you good enough for heaven, salvation, nirvana, enlightenment. XYZ. Okay, go ahead and put that uh, on the screen for me, Susan. God's salvation does not come in response to a changed life. A changed life comes in response to the salvation offered as a free gift. So I want to invite the the worship team. Uh, you go ahead and start coming up if you'd like. We need to clean the inside of the dish. We need to work on our private life. Character is who you are when no one is looking. What do you need to confess to God that no one else knows about, but you know what it is, and you know God knows what it is? What do you need to clean on the inside? Don't be so worried about the outside. That will take care of itself. I want to leave you with this. The way we do it and, and this this answer, I know couldn't be more cliche, but I promise you it's the truth. The gospel, believing the gospel will change our character. It, it's just it's the way that it works. So many of us, if you're, if you're new to church, maybe you don't understand Christianity. Maybe you understand it's just a religion. You know that the gospel is not just a set of beliefs, okay? It's not just the, something we write on a piece of paper and we say, this is what we hold to, this is what we value. The gospel is not a set of beliefs. You know, what? the gospel is a power that can transform your life. That's what the gospel is. And we've, it's been doing that for the last few centuries it's taken someone like Apostle Paul who used to murder Christians. He was the Saddam Hussein of his day and changed him into the Apostle Paul, someone who wrote a third of the New Testament Bible. So you have people in your life that you, you love them and you want to see a better life for them. It's the gospel. The gospel is a power that will transform our lives. It will give us the character of Christ youth group I know sometimes it's, it can be hard right to obey mom and dad that command to honor your father and mother that's tough but if you crucified your character if you had Christ's character you know Jesus obeyed his father and he was so obedient that he even went to the cross that's how obedient he was I'm telling you, if you had Christ's character, you can do it too. And wives, you know, scripture tells us, you know, to submit to your husbands and respect them. That's tough. <laughs> that's so hard to do. But if you had Christ's character, that's a power that you have to tap into, and it is yours. And then husbands, husbands, the Bible calls you and I to sacrifice everything for our our families. It means that we don't keep score. We don't do things out of compulsion or obligation. If Jesus had the character, he gave up everything for his bride, the church. Then you and I, we can do that too. Clean the inside of the dish. The gospel is the power to do that. Lord Jesus, I close this in a word of prayer, praying for my friends thanking you for the cross, thanking you for the gospel. There's a power that is completely free. We don't have to get our act together to get it. Jesus, you will forgive us and you will clean us. You will change our lives. You will create the kind of character that we need to have. You will give us the very character of Christ Jesus himself to be the husbands, the wives, the sons, the daughters, or that we want to be. We come to you. We surrender. We surrender the things in our private life, these private sins that need to be confessed and forgiven and cleansed. Please clean us from the inside out by the blood of Jesus that wash away all sins. In Jesus' name.